first of all, just thank you again for your guys' support. And I was telling my wife, I'm like, you know, I, I work with a husband and wife. I feel really good about that. You are listening to the Crown Rest Podcast, the audio experience for basketball official officials. Serve the game. Serve the game. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, episode 87. This is another edition of Game Notes, which is one of the sections of our individual performance report, the IPR, that we turned into a podcast series, and we are currently in the process of shifting Game Notes into video form so we can show you the plays that we're discussing and provide the commentary on top of that. I've been getting a lot of requests for that, so thanks a lot for the feedback. Okay, this episode I had the absolute pleasure to work with an officiating couple Denise and Tyler McCabe, a husband and wife from Elko, Nevada. We spoke about reducing choppiness and developing a more fluid presentation and when to come out of your primary for a cruise saver. I really hope everybody and their families are safe and doing okay right now. Remember to stay optimistic and uh, have a great, great weekend. Enjoy. So I do have one question on the game. You said at 50-19, that was your favorite point of my game, and I just want to know why. 50-19? Yeah. Uh, probably because you, like, sustained it a little bit. You had a little bit of, a little bit more emphasis on it. It just looked like your most confident point of the game. Oh, okay. And that was, you know, one thing, like, I'm, I'm – from the film, you know, I can't really see how you talk to partners, how you communicate with coaches. So, you know, I'm just looking for the optics of it all, you know, and, and, you know, don't take this the wrong way. But one thing I want you to just work on is just trying to get a little bit smoother with your movements, whether you're call, yeah. whether you're calling a foul. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just pretty much your, all your movements when you're signaling. Um, I just think just, just practice. It's a little rigid. It's a little like like mechanical, I guess. And I just yeah. think with practicing and watching the right people, you're going to improve a lot. Okay. Yeah, I, that's something I've been trying to figure out how to work on. I just haven't. I think it's because I get in the moment and I don't want to forget what my call is. So I automatically almost go robotic. So I get the mechanic, but I don't want to forget what the foul is when I go and report. That makes sense. So, I mean, just trying trying to slow down your processing, trying to slow down everything that we do on the court, whether it's communicating with a coach, like slow down, don't rush through that conversation. Whether it's seeing a play, um, a dribble drive happen and a play at the rim, don't rush your decision. Contact happens, don't rush your call. Give it an extra second to process. Once you make the call and blow the whistle, then give it, you know, slow down the way you deliver and present your signal. So it's you know, I was talking to Mark Wunderlich today, he works for the NBA, and we were just talking so much about speed and, and not rushing and, and having a, a steady pace, you know, to your game. So, yeah, slowing down yeah. is big. Okay. Because if our mind is working, if our body is moving fast, then our mind is working at twice that speed. Yeah, that's true. So it just starts mentally with, with seeing the play through. And uh, again, you know, a lot of times when contact happens, us as officials think we need to have a whistle right as as contact happens. No, we have we have like 0.5 seconds after that or 0.3, whatever it is, depending on the play. Like there's a little bit extra time. You can always come with a late whistle. Some plays, 
we um, we have to blow the whistle early. Some plays we have to blow the whistle in the middle of the of the sequence. Some plays we got to wait. Got to give it an extra half second to see what that contact did. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, you, you you look you look solid out there. That's just the one thing um, from an optics point of view. I just want to see you get just get a little smoother out there. Okay. And that just comes with time, experience, and comfort, and, and watching film. Have you watched a lot of yourself? Um, when we, I need to get somebody to record. <clears throat> but when we're, we have a few huddle accounts, and so when those games get put on, I'm able to watch them. But this year, I was actually I did five varsity games, and those ones we had access to, and so I've been able to watch those and go over them. And there's like even when you said, you know, one of the things was my positioning and trail. As I was watching these games to see which one to send to you, I was like kind of yelling at myself, like, get down. What are you doing so high? Like your trail, get down to the 28 foot line. Yeah, that was so, go ahead. Caught that when I was watching film. And so for next season, that's something that I'm going to have to really be cautious of is that positioning. Yeah, and trail, you definitely were too high. You know, work, work that 28 foot mark. That's your starting point. You can even always go lower depending on where the play takes you. There's a couple times you weren't even in the picture. Yeah, you know? I saw that and I was like, what are you doing, Denise? Like, get down. Now, are you thinking about a quick, fast break? I think I was. And honestly, in this game, so I didn't really have time to mentally prepare for this game because I was on the JV games. And this was one of those, um, I don't really pay attention, but they were they were the two top teams in the league. So it was for a seating position. I'm glad that you don't pay attention. Yeah, but to the I records. Mean, just knowing that it's going to be a highly competitive, high intense game. That's what I know. Like, okay, we got to be on it. And then the one official got caught up in with car troubles. He got pulled over actually on his way to the game. And so um, Tyler actually was on that game and he comes in, you know, at our halftime of the, was it the boys JV? I think the boys JV. And he said, Hey, Dennis got pulled over. We might not have him. So I jumped on it and said, I'll jump in the game. Nice. So it was my third game and I wasn't mentally prepared for the, um, the fast pace. So I think I was trying to take that extra step back in case there was a steal and a fast break mm-hmm. on top of this was her third game in a row. Yeah. So the, the, your energy, obviously you probably know, uh, two games in a row is mentally and physically challenging, let alone throwing a third one in and this being a varsity game on top of it. So makes sense. Yeah, I totally so I think understand. that's what I was trying to do is get ready for those fast breaks. All right, but just just moving forward, don't have a fear of getting beat because getting beat is going to happen maybe a couple times a game, and getting beat isn't as important as the current play. Yeah, you know, I like that. Yeah, you know, don't have a fear of of the play going ahead of you. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, if it's happening constantly, then, yeah, we got to make an adjustment. But we should not be thinking when the ball's in the front court about about getting down for the next play. Um, yeah, same thing, just to stay on the positioning tip and lead a couple times throughout the game. You're just a little quick rotating, just a, yeah. a little quick trying to get over. You don't have to have a fear of making sure that two officials are always on the same side as the ball. It's going to happen. You know, just try to reduce that excess movement. Don't bounce around as much. And, again, this all comes back down to speed and slowing down. So I got a question on that. Shoot. Um, So when do you rotate? I've been told that 
once the ball, if you go free throw line extended, if that ball goes below the free throw line, you need to try to get over. I mean, and, and I've really been paying attention to this a lot this year with some of our, you know, more veteran officials and, and watching it on, on the TV on college and trying to figure out when do they go over? Some people, it seems like it's so smooth. And I feel like when I'm even out there that I get, I get there to the, to the closed down position and then I'm hesitant to go over and then I rotate and I'm halfway over and now all of a sudden the shot goes up and you I rotate feel like, too late and then you start yeah, the rotation. Not yeah. like you did that at all in our game. Hmm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I do that, you know, it, it, and I'm sure it happens to everybody, but yeah. it seems like it happens to me at least once a game. And if I, you know, just had that mental, when do you go? Uh, this comes down. Yeah. I mean, listen, when the ball crosses the basket line, they're right. You know, we should try to get over, but before we get to that, what's even more important is having a feel for the play. So just cause there's a pass that crosses the basket line does not mean we have to crossover right away because one second after that the ball could be back at top of the key right so you got to just give it a feel you got to look where the dribble's going you got to look what the player's doing is he looking at the basket is he not looking at the basket if he's not looking at the basket might be a good time to get over if he's about to make a move or shoot a jump shot it's not the time to get over so that's why we just got to give it a couple seconds let it settle if it goes to the corner and then we have a drive, like we're not going to get over. We're not going to rotate over when a drive is happening. Right. So the best advice I could give you, this just comes down to feel for the game and feel for that moment and what that offensive team is doing. So try to have a little bit of a big picture outlook when you're deciding when to rotate over. And don't worry if you don't get strong side. Okay. Now, is there a point, because I've heard two different uh, things where it's uh, you can't rotate enough, and then I heard don't rotate all the time. Just don't go back and forth. What's your what's your uh, views on that? I like the second thing you said before, because the first one is making us constantly rotate over on the end line when you know we don't we just don't have to. You got to find a balance, right? You yeah. got to find a balance. It's all about getting an open look position adjusting to get an open look you just you just want to be comfortable right okay comfortable with your look if you're not then it's time to position adjust um what else so i just want to say you were a tiebreaker on one of the calls i had i'm looking at my that first charge i had that my mechanics were not the greatest let me pull it up real quick. It was two twenty nine, but I think it was two thirty six is what I have queued. But yeah, I mean, some of the timestamps aren't exact. Yeah, no, which is fine. I so that one because I called the charge in the game. Apparently, Tyler said he didn't like it in the game, and then he watched it on film and said he still didn't like it. So you were the tiebreaker. So I want to say thanks for that. <laughs> I love being the tiebreaker and the decider. Yes, and you didn't even know. What did I write? I, I'm having trouble pulling up your report, Denise. Forgive you me, but could you there. just... Let's see. On that one, it was... Let's see. Charge. Wow, girls' basketball is really hard to ref due to the way the contact is absorbed. Oh. I think this is the correct call as the offensive player tries a Euro step that fails and the defender takes knee contact to her thigh. 
Mechanically, I want you to focus on adding more finesse to your punch. Try adding the off arm to generate some momentum moving forward. At the table, slow down. You are extremely quick. Yeah, this was a really tough play. And like I said, I'm glad I don't ref the women's game because there's so many odd plays. The way they absorb the contact, you know, it's it puts us on the spot a lot to blow the whistle or have a whistle because these girls go down. They go down hard sometimes. But I just think at the end of the day on this play particularly, defenders legal, no? Defenders stand in a legal guarding position? Yeah, I felt like, I felt like she was. I mean, we're, you know, watch it. Yeah, she was set there and she went to go. She had established position, and then she went to go move to her right, which was my left, mm-hmm. which legally she can do that. Correct. She wasn't going forward into her, and then the girl tried to, like you said, Euro step around her and got her with her knee in the thigh, and she went down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times on Euro steps, um, it's usually like it's a no call more than not because the defender's legal, and then the offensive player tries to move away from the defender. So a lot of times there's that hip contact and the majority of times it's kind of marginal. Um, but in this case, she didn't Euro and she didn't, her Euro didn't clear the defender. And there was that knee to the thigh defender goes down. I had to rewind it a couple times, but, um, yeah, I think it was a good call. Well, thanks. Definitely. See you. Good call. Definitely. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there was that one. And then, I did have the coach. There wasn't one you did a comment on this. I don't know if you have the game, but there was a a girl. They were rebounding, and a girl pushed off at the free throw line. And so I was center, so I chopped the ball in, and then I saw the push, and I called her for the foul. And the coach's comment was, that's how you box out in varsity basketball. And I said, coach, that was a push off. That's not boxing out. So he wasn't too thrilled with it, but... No, it was at one oh two oh seven. I don't have the I don't have the play up, but what I would say to the coach after they say, you know, that's how you box out, coach. I agree, it was a good box out at first, but then that box out turned into a push. It was okay. too it was too excessive. Well, because the coach already didn't like me that game, and so what I wanted to ask him was, well, when do I get the varsity rules book? <laughs> the varsity rules book. Because he said that's how you box out in varsity basketball. I wouldn't say that back to him because it sounds a little sarcastic, even though it would be nice to say off the court and, like, you know, play. Listen, we've all been there where coaches say things and we want to have a smart response for them. Yeah. You know, but that's just not that's not our verbal judo we want to put out there, you know. Be bigger than him. Be bigger than him. Give him a response where he's not going to come back at you. You know, like yeah, I, that was I should well, and because she started off, she I mean it was at the free throw line, and the the white started to go in, and then number two just pushed her arm and cleared her all the way out. So she didn't even attempt to box her out; she just pushed her out of the way. Yeah, that's a I understand those plays where box outs then become pushes or holds because it's just excess; it's excessive. Mm-hmm. You know, they gotta they have to they have to stop. Box out shouldn't last that long. No. You know? So, yeah, it wasn't. I think that's, and I actually did after I told him, I go, Coach, that wasn't a box out. She pushed her, and uh, he kept going, and then so I had to give him the stop sign, and he did, after that, sit down and stop, but it took him a minute. How did you communicate the stop sign? I just put my, because I was up 
you know, after I reported, I was around the 28 line and he kept yelling at me, you know, that it wasn't a foul. It was a box out. And I just said, coach, stop. You're done. It was a foul. You're done. And then he just sat down and was done. But I put the hand up and said, coach, you're done. Gotcha. Try to insert a please if you ever can. Okay. You know, it, it just, it softens the blow a little bit. Like, yeah. if, if the coach, if you needed to be stern with him at that moment and just be like, coach, that's enough, we're done, because it was way too much, then I understand that. I'm just trying to, I'm just saying moving forward, like if, if a coach just starts barking when you're, you know, reporting a foul and you want to give him a stop sign, coach, coach, please, please, that's enough. Please, yeah. please, enough. You know, it just, it might come off a little better. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It's just a little more empathetic, and like I said, you know, you're you, you, we're adding manners now into the conversation, which equals respect. So it's just going to be absorbed a little better, I think. Okay. Um, your your N one. Oh goodness. Yeah, it's humongous. I thought you were going to throw your shoulder out. <laughs> Oh, the the over the top. Yeah, the swooping one. I will say that uh, two uh, officials that I did a game with told me that because I had a weaker and one where I just kind of chopped it, and they told me that I needed to get a stronger one and make it bigger. But I guess I went a little too big on that. Yeah, the one at the table is more subtle than the the scored at the spot. Okay. So the scored at the spot, I I gave you a couple examples. You know, just the two fingers or the little fist. And then when you get to the table, just just throw your two fingers down, you know, flush your two fingers if you want, but just, we don't need that overhand motion. You're bringing attention to yourself for the wrong reasons, I think, there. Yeah. No, after you said that and I watched it, I was like, oh my goodness, that was awful. But that's good, because we're going to clean this up, and now you're going to have a really strong score. Yeah, and so that's what I'm going to work on, and I like the chop, just the, the fist, and yeah. basically like you're chopping the clock. Yeah, I feel like that looks sharp and good. Absolutely. So that's that's one, but yeah, that and one was a little that was bad. Yeah. This, it's bad, and it, because of it, it's going to become good. Yes. That's why we're here. So, um, what else do you have for me, Denise? Before we go to Tyler. Let's see. I can you go? There's. I'm going to find it real quick. I want you to look if you have the game. If you could look at the play with me. Um, let's see, it's at 10. Offensive, it's 70-26 in the huddle. All right, give me a second. If you cue into 70-24, that's probably going to give you the better picture of all of it. The Crown Refs Podcast is brought to you by Need Tucks, the best way to keep your shirt or uniform tucked. If you're looking for that clean and professional look on the court, this is the best product for that. Go to NeatTucks.com and order yours today. Crown Ruffs and Neat Tucks, serving the game. All right, so we're at 110.27 as the is coming in on the inbounds. Yep. Denise is the center. I'm actually throwing the ball in on this game. And then we got our other partner down in the lead position. Did you call the push? On the I loose- did. Yeah, that's a really good call. Let me pull it back again. 
and we had a couple of other officials that were down in the corner by the the, the far end. Or by the lead official. All right, so let's see it. A1's inbounding. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, you're really the only one that can see this. So I just want you, as you blow the whistle, or even leading up to that, if you can kind of get a feel for where that play's going, just take another step onto the court just so you're a little bit closer. And then as you blow the whistle, I would just take one more step because you're a little far away from the play. Now, yeah. that's okay because, like I said, you have an open look to see this contact, this push in the back. The trail is looking through two people. The lead is way too far away to see it because the contact is kind of on the outside hand near midcourt. Um, it's just a good get by you. Yeah. Are you, cer- was, are you certain of it? Because I was told that I was fishing and that I shouldn't have made that call because it was too far away, but I was like it. It was an obvious push in the back. And, I mean, that's the loudest I've ever gotten booed before from that Fallon crowd because they couldn't see the push, you know. So that, uh, And there was seven seconds left in the score. They were down by point. one or something like that. I mean, it was a big moment in the game, and it was a great call. You look at it on film, it's there. And um, there was just a lot of extra kickback or feedback from the officials that were – in the crowd that basically told her that she was fishing and you let that official right there. In my case, it would have been me live and die by that foul or, or that no call. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's yeah. it. That's okay. Thanks. You know, did they, I mean, they're not going back and looking at this play. Um, proximity isn't always primary. In this case, the trail official simply cannot see a forearm in the back. Because he's right. looking at the offensive player's chest. So there's no way that he could see like a push in the back. Um, but what I will say about this play, you're a little late with the whistle. Yeah. And that's why you got booed. It's because it was like we had a loose ball. Next thing you know, now we have a foul. You, you had, we're rewinding the play. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, just having a little bit quicker of a whistle there. Showing a little bit more urgency when you call it. Because if you notice when the contact happens and when you blow the whistle, it feels like a while. We're uh, playing it right now. Yeah, I'm just watching. Yeah, it was. I see what you're saying there. And I think, I'm trying to think about like that was, you know, I've slept since then. But I think one of the reasons was I wanted to see if he was going to get it because I knew it was his primary but with a push like that, it doesn't matter. It just needs to be called. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you. I, I think that was it. I was thinking, oh, that's his primary. Is he going to get it? And then I was like, well, if she. And then it could have been if she doesn't go down, it'll be fine. And then she went to the ground, and I was like, well, we can't let that go. So yeah. I slowed it down too much. <laughs> yeah, that's a crusader call right there. You know, there's a couple times throughout the game, maybe once a game, it may be five times in this one game. Who knows? But, you know, there's a time in a game where an official needs to come from the secondary because they have the best look. They have an open look. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what this play is. Send it, to, send it to those, you know. I don't know. I wouldn't even do that. Not even worth it. Right. Yeah. We talked about it in our, our uh, study session. We do a study session every two weeks out here. And uh, this was one of the games that we pulled up. And 
we actually discussed this play and and all of us or at least the ones that were running it um agreed that it was a great call yeah and that it, it just, needed to be done my so. mechanics needed to be improved as in like you said taking that step and making the urgency and then you know crashing in towards the call i think that's one thing i i need to improve on this you know after watching a couple games this season is i'll have those calls and then i don't crash it down right away you know i don't take that extra step to it to show that i have it it's just kind of i stand there with my arm up and everybody needs to know that it's a foul even though not everybody sees that yeah you don't have to make a habit about closing down on on plays and always stepping towards the play i'm just talking about in this play particular when we have to come get something from a far distance it's always a good look to take a couple steps in i don't want you running in though like on a held ball i don't want you running in okay you know like we don't need to do that just on this play. And then you showed a little one-handed push afterwards, which was a little excess. Like, we don't need that right there. Okay. The one-handed push, yeah. I mean, if you want to report the signal on the spot, you can do the two-handed push. Let's just make it official. Okay. But that's a good get. What do you got, Ty? Okay, so I'm pulling up my, my report right now. Um. Let's see here. So you had a couple of questions that I just wanted to kind of go back over. Uh, The one was right off the get-go, you had, uh, why is your hand up? Um, So what had happened in that is the girl got trapped, and the coach was saying timeout, timeout, but like what you were discussing in some of your earlier podcasts that, you know, we can't take our – our eyes off the action and you know I wasn't I didn't know for certain that she was saying timeout so once the once the player got the ball into her hands I looked over at the coach glance and she said never mind so once my hand my hand was going up because I was going to grant it but then I didn't so I just dropped it down okay it looked it didn't look as great on the film understood that's fine um, let me see here. And yes, to answer your a couple of your other questions, I do do football. Okay. So I do uh, football in the in the fall and and then basketball. And I've been out of the basketball for two years. Um, or I was at yeah, was it three or four years? I had major knee knee surgery, and came back last year. And this year, I I stayed with it, got a uh, selected to be an assigner uh, for our association. And so I've just taken a, a huge interest in what you've done and Thank the material you. that you've put out. It has significantly helped me. And there's a few others that I've passed your information along to. Um, Thank that you. it has helped. In fact, I use your your pregame. I kind of put my own uh, card together with some of your pregame stuff, and then another one that I found um, and sent it off. And a lot of the guys like it. That's crazy. So man. I just good. really appreciate everything that you've done and the thanks for all this. Stuff. Yes, the captain speech. I mean, to everything. Yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, I, and I appreciate you looking at it all. And then, and then the nicest thing you can do is share it with others. You know that same thing. I'll, same 
you know, I'm sharing this with you, and you go share it with someone else. That's how it works. You know? But that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad it's helped. Yeah, so it, it looked like you have a field point. It looks like you're thro- about to throw a football. Yeah. Yeah, so just yeah. make that adjustment. The points are a little bit different in football versus versus basketball. So I want you to have a strictly basketball point. Don't let it don't let the signals kind of either after I watched it on film that how I point it almost almost like the old fashioned bird dog like you did it. <laughs> and it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um and I noticed uh, and I liked how you nitpicked. I mean, you said nitpicking and but even in your little uh, video that you came back um because I needed that. I needed some of these things because some of these things that you were saying in here, surprisingly enough, I haven't heard. Good. And so that that's what really helps and opens up my eye for for some of those things. Um, I haven't had the opportunity because of uh, work to get to many camps. And, you know, it's something that I want to start doing more of. And and so that getting down to like the 28 foot line um that type of stuff i was told by one of the guys that i worked in the state basketball tournament with he actually runs a camp in vegas and uh, he gave me some pointers after our game together and that was one of the things that he had said a lot of the same stuff that you had said he kind of told me about um you were telling me about the or telling denise about the just the slowing down another one of our officials that works some d1 stuff out of the women's side I mentioned the exact same thing. He said, you notice any of these college officials out here, they're never quick. They don't run to the table. When they call a foul, they stop. They let everything kind of process and happen and let players kind of start clearing. They don't just zip right over there to the table and and then everything is slow to report at the table. Um, And it's just things that I started looking at in my games when I was going back on the home and it's like, yeah, I'm a little quick there. Yep. I'm a little quick there. And so I, I mean, I appreciate the honest feedback and um, it's something that I want to continue doing and hopefully next year get a game in, you know, like December and then another one in, you know, at the end of the year to see. That'd be awesome. Differences that I've made. You know, that's... Listen, if, if you did another one next year, I mean, geez, you got me for life. <laughs> you know, like... Well, well, I think you got me and my wife hooked. Um, so, that's... Yeah, that was my plan, too, was to send you one of the first games next season, and Good. then, like, one of my last games to look at the improvements and see what else I need to work uh, on. You know what? That'll be so cool, too, because it'll be, like, a show a little bit of an evolution of this report and kind of, like, how officials are doing year two, you know, and to kind of show the growth, I would love to, love to show the growth and document that, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree with your comments on some of the ones, uh, after I went back and I've watched the film marginal versus, you know, illegal contact and, and could we pass on that? And yeah, I, I totally agree. There was some that it looked not as well. I guess it looked worse in, yeah. in real life when you're right there than it does on film. And it's some of the it's one of the philosophies that I give to in my pregames is that if uh, Grandma up in the seventh row doesn't know it's a foul, 
we can probably pass. Hmm. Love your first five calls. Don't chase the game. Not hmm. every. I heard that somewhere. Yep. Let the game come to you. Yeah, I tell everybody in my in my pregame that you know all these moms, dads, aunts, uncles didn't come here to watch us uh, officiate. So the more that we're stopping the game and running to the bench to report a foul, then their their eyes are on us, not on the kids like they should be. It's about the kids, not us. Just want to take a quick break from the podcast to tell you about our new IPR service, which is the Individual Performance Report, one of the industry's first film review services. We break your game down into seven parts. You are now hearing the game notes section where we did a full timestamp review on some notable plays and loaded it with some instructional comments and questions. So hope you enjoy. Hit us up if you have any questions about the IPR. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com or hit us up on social. Now, back to the podcast. You know, I want you to really develop that ability to no-call all incidental contact. And people want to scream at you, you're going to take it. You're just going to sit there and take it and let it bounce off you like it's nothing. Because you know in your head, you've watched this play on film seven times. And now you're getting an opportunity live, and you're going to no-call it. Because you know you're correct. You're 100%. Right. So just being able to deal with the backlash you might get, you know, that, that opens up, you know, now our game management and into communication and all that, but I just think I think we as officials as a whole blow the whistle too much. Right. I mean, whether yeah, I, mean, I beat my I'm I'm my worst own critic when it comes to things. I I had a call in my state championship game that you know at the time I thought was a good get, and I went back and watched it on film, and I hated it. It was yeah, it sucked. You know, and I hate. That's not the game that you want to have that stuff in, yeah. you know. And uh, I saw a couple of them in here, you know, that you were talking about. And um, there was the one to the face, you know, the elbow, the sweep. And, you know, when I looked at it in in real time, you know, my, my eyes aren't up. You know, I'm watching, I'm focused on the defensive player and watching what, she, what, what they're doing. And uh, I saw the sweep through. And at the time, I saw the the player's head go back yeah. a little bit, and uh, just to try to clean that sweeping of the elbow up, I went out with the offensive, and it and um, you know one of those where obviously you know then you get it on film, and it's like wait a second they didn't hit, but at the time it was more of a because it was uh, towards the head. Yeah, no. You're going to have a heightened sense of awareness there because we're more sensitive to, to, like, we can't miss that. Right. Like, we can miss a travel. We can miss a little hold. We can't miss any face or head contact. So I almost want to say, like, you know, we don't want to be incorrect, and we have to make sure that there was contact. But, you know, to, to take a little bit of a risk on a play where you think, you know, you're, you have a good feel that there is probably some head or face contact, you know, I don't have as much of a problem on that kind of play versus, like, if this if this play was a hand check, it'd be like, ugh, no, no, this is not right. a foul. But we can't miss he- shots to the face. <laughs> and so that was just, uh, you know, probably just a little quick whistle. Like you said, let's take an extra three seconds or, you know, or not three seconds, but half point three or half a second 
let that whole scenario develop out. Right. If that kid turns and, you know, is grabbing their face, then obviously we know there was some type of contact, but that clearly never happened. And just to, you know, having that extra half a second probably um, would have let that play on. Yeah, that over the overhand throw point that you were talking about, you know, again, in the in my uh, watching of the game, it was one of the things that I noticed and I didn't like. I should just come up with the one hand point with the one hand like you talk about in your mechanics videos, which, by the way, love. Thank you. Um, Shameless yes. Thank you. I, just... I, I liked your idea and I don't know where you're going to take it, but you were talking about doing another mechanics video. Um, I wish those are the things that I wish uh, there was more of is like the basketball shop. Uh, those are those oh. are definitely awesome things that I really enjoyed because then you're actually putting a visual sometimes the podcast, you know, you're trying yeah. to mentally put it together, yeah. but it's the uh, actual visually seeing, especially uh, the mechanics and, and your mechanics that you have. I uh, think look very sharp. So I appreciate it. Hey, Tyler, good news. What's that? Right before this call, I just dropped a six minute instructional mechanics video. Nice. Yeah. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube. Awesome. It was. It's actually cool because it was one of the IPR video feedbacks that I did for a, per, a ref, and he had so many things to work on, so it wound up like being like a really good video. So I'm like, hmm, let me just cut his name out of it. Let me take out a couple things that you know where I'm only kind of talking directly to him, and let's share it with the group. So yeah, let me know what you think of that one. And again, I, I appreciate you watching the basketball shop. That's kind of how it started. You know, that was one of the. Really, uh, that was the early content that really got got us on our way. Right, and uh, I, I'm not saying that what what where you're taking this is uh, uh, a bad thing by no means. But I, I I do miss some of your earlier content. I really like when you and and Pink were um, just talking basketball, talking about plays, yeah, talking about coaching, uh, game management situations. Um, I know that when I had Denise start watching or listening to this stuff, um, within your first, I don't know, 10 podcasts, she had like four pages of notes. Wow. Just because of your, can you send me that? All my notes. I mean, I would love to see the notes that you take from the podcast. That would give me a great perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a picture of my notes and then I started having to do it on my phone because I would listen to the podcast in the gym as I was getting ready for my game. Mm-hmm. So I just have to, you know, do the note thing in my phone. And so I have that huge awesome. as well. You guys I are just, awesome. your, your philosophies, um, line up a lot with, with mine that I had even before the case. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked how you incorporated the NCAA, uh, FIBA, even the NBA, but mm-hmm. you, broke it down to us high school officials. Yeah. You, know, you you did a really good job of explaining, you know, if we're talking about an F1 in this, it's actually an intentional foul at yeah. the high school level. You know, you broke it down into a sense where us high school um, officials could listen to it and, and still get stuff out of it. And that's what I thought was really cool. Well, I want that was the goal from the from the get was to be a single singular place for all basketball officials. Doesn't matter the level, 
you know, um, from CYO to the NBA. It sounded crazy at first, but that's I've stayed consistent with that. You know, like it's just basketball. We as officials, depending on the level, you know, then you got to make modifications. Are we talking about an F1? Well, you got to know that you do high school. It's not an F1. It's an intentional. So, you know, I was very particular in the beginning of not putting out the wrong messages. I haven't been on it as much, differentiating the different levels, you know, um, just because there's, there's so I have so much content. It's crazy. Oh, I, I can only imagine. Yeah, the people that you're getting on there are incredible that yeah. are reaching out to you and and talking to you. I really like the coaches one that you did. Okay. I thought that was cool. That was really neat to get because you're getting the coach's perspective and you're, you know, you're sitting down that uh, – um, that one was, that is this was the round table one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that was, was cool. Like in the yeah. That was, re- that, was yep. a, that was a signature episode, I think. Well, and then it was kind of cool. Cause after that, I had some officials in the association that says you never approach coaches in the gym either. Even if you don't have their game, you just don't approach them. So it was shortly after I'd listened to that coaches one and I was like, you know what? I can pick a coach's brain. Like, I'm not playing favorites. I'm just wanting to pick their brain as coaches and officials. And I sat down with a coach, and I talked to her for probably a good 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got her perspective on officials and, you know, her frustrations is, you know, it's one thing, you know, we make adjust. Like, you guys call the game one way in the first half. And then at halftime, you know, we go and we make adjustments. But then you come out and call it completely opposite in the second half. And uh, she goes, so, you know, that's hard. So understanding what the coaches are thinking you know, that got my wheels turning is, so, okay, well, how can I make my calls, you know, consistent, not just, you know, from team to team, but from first half to second half and not, you know, if they're going to come out and, you know, they, they know we're calling a tight game and they're playing better defense. We can't punish them for that, but still, you know what I'm saying? It made my wheels turn as to how the coaches are perceiving what's happening, not complaining about particular calls they did or didn't get, but just about how they adjust their, their plays based on how we're making the calls in the first half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the more perspective you have, the, the better it is. And I would argue that we didn't come out and, and call a completely different way. The players came out and started doing different things and we adjusted yeah. to them. You know, I think, honestly, I think coaches need a complete makeover with their, with regards to their approach to their relationship and how they speak to referees as a whole. I think it's really poor. And um, I don't know. They just, they have to do a better job. And I, I, be, I watch, you watch. We'll see. I don't know how long this break is going to be from hoops. You know, the sports world, hopefully it's back in a couple weeks. But if it's like, you know, where, where people are really missing sports, when we finally come back, you would think the attitudes would be a little better. <laughs> That's true. You know, like maybe they got to gain a little bit of perspective and, and understand the, the human element to, to this. Yes. Hi, I'm Denise, and I just finished my second year officiating out of Elko, Nevada, and this is my husband, Tyler, who's done about 13 years of officiating. And we decided this year that we were going to invest in our craft, and we both sent in a game film for the IPR service so that we could get that individualized uh, feedback that was unbiased. And, you know, Paul sent back video that was able to show me, especially mechanics that I had been struggling with and how to improve on them. He was only watching the one official on the court at the time. So that was pretty awesome to get that feedback. Thanks, Paul, for everything that you've done for us on the IPR videos. And uh, also shout out to you for uh, the YouTube channel basketball shop that you've done. Uh, we've watched a lot of that, both of us, and taken a lot of your feedback. Lots of notes. 
Yep, and uh, going ahead and applying those on the basketball court. It's been awesome. And thank you very much for all the podcasts and content that you put together to help us grow as officials. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.